I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast, recapping Texas's 34-27 win at Kansas State. That's right. Texas has finally won a true road game, snapping a five-game losing streak uh, on the road in true hostile environments. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined, as always, by the managing editor, of horns 24 7 taylor estes taylor i am sitting in the press box here in manhattan kansas looking over an empty uh bill snyder family stadium in the texas longhorns uh as they usually do put on a dominant first half got up 31 to 10 at halftime Bijan robinson running it all over the kansas state wildcat defense and then that second half Longhorn team showed up and turned the ball over and started committing penalties and got outscored 17 to three. But Keandre Coburn snacks knocked the ball out of Adrian Martinez's hand as Kansas State was trying to drive for the game tying or potentially go ahead points. Uh, and Jalen Ford recovered that fumble with 24 seconds left, and Texas gets out of Manhattan. With their Big 12 uh, title game hopes still alive, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I would say, Chip, that, you know, this, it was kind of the way that it's gone a lot for Texas under Steve Sarkeesian, the tale of two halves, right? You know, I mean, the first half comes out dominant, has a, a 31 to 10 lead going into halftime over number 13 ranked Kansas State. And then it's like the ability or lack thereof to score points in the second half started to show up and rear its ugly head a little bit again. But you have to give a lot of kudos, I think, right after this game to the Texas defense. I mean, I know that some people, some fans were um, not too thrilled with some of the coverage, some of the plays on defense. But at the end of the day, the defense is the reason why Texas won this game. I mean, 10 points given up in the first half against, um, you know, a, a top 15 ranked Kansas State team that just shut out Oklahoma State 48 to nothing the week prior to this game. Texas watched that happen. And, you know, I know that they did end up giving up 27 points. But at the end of the day, 
the fact that Texas was outscored 17 points to three points in the second half and still managed to make enough plays on defense to come out with a win should not be overlooked. And this is something that, you know, I feel like this was a needed game, a needed win, obviously, as you mentioned, keep the Big 12 title hopes alive. I kind of feel like it's crazy we're talking about that honestly, at this point of the season, because there's still some very difficult games ahead for Texas. But, you know, a win is a win and you got to take them where you can get them, especially on the road, which do not come easily, it seems, under Steve Sarkeesian. And this was a huge win on the road against a, you know, a number 13 ranked team in the college football playoff rankings. That's not something to overlook. I feel like all things considered, wasn't perfect. But at the end of the day, like you have to walk away if you're a Texas fan with your head held high and looking at the fact that somehow, somehow after the losses to Texas Tech, after the losses to Oklahoma State, Texas is still in contention for a Big 12 title um, spot. And that that's something I don't think that many people would have thought would be on the table after um, that Oklahoma State loss in the end of October, Chip. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. The defense came up with two massive um stops in the red zone uh ryan watts with a with a huge tackle on third down uh after k-state had driven to the texas four and they uh you know after a double digit play drive that took six minutes and 30 seconds off the clock they have to settle for a short field goal and then Jade Barron with a huge pass breakup in the end zone on a fourth down play from the Texas 16 and played through the hands of Phillip Brooks, the receiver. K-State fans were yelling for pass interference because Barron didn't turn around, but he played through the hands of Phillip Brooks perfectly, broke up the pass because Brooks had it in his hands. Uh, Jody Barron breaks up that uh, pass, and that was enormous because that was another double-digit play drive that took more than three minutes off the clock. So two of K-State's best drives in the first half uh, ended in only three points, and that was enormous because um, obviously the way Texas came out in the second half, it was just so weird, Taylor, because they didn't have a single penalty in the first half. They were playing clean. Uh, you know, Jalen Ford had a great interception right toward the end of the first half that set up another touchdown with only seconds left. It was, I mean, you couldn't have drawn up a better first half for Texas. And they go in uh, up 31 to 10, but then they come out in the second half and the offense turns the ball over. Xavier Worthy gets uh, hammered. After catching uh, a 16-yard pass on third and nine, he gets uh, hit by uh, K-State's safety and fumbles the ball. And, and then it was just one penalty after another. And the, the worst was um, K-State had just committed two penalties on one play and was facing first and 35 and two plays later, Jaron Thompson gets flagged for a personal foul completely away from the play after the play, automatic first down for K-State. And K-State scores uh, mm -hmm. after that. And then there were false starts on the offense. Every possession, uh, well, the first two possessions Texas had in, 
in the second half had false starts. Texas couldn't overcome them. They had a miserable third quarter. Bijan Robinson, who ran 15 times for 161 yards in the first half, ran 15 times for 55 yards in the second half. I thought Steve Sarkeesian kind of lost his rhythm as a play caller in the second half. And you're just gripping. I mean, if you're a Texas fan, you're watching this 17-3 to K-State landslide happening, and you're like, oh, my God, it's going to happen again. And then, um, you know, the Texas offense goes three and out. And Daniel Trejo, maybe with the play of the game, a 55-yard punt that forces K-State to have to, you know, start on that final drive deep in their own territory. They got to midfield, but then Keandre Coburn steps up, smacks that ball out of Adrian Martinez's hand. And Jalen Ford said, I saw that ball on the ground, and I just was like, just get on the ball and make sure it doesn't go anywhere because Texas had kind of booted around a couple of other uh, fumbles in the game and K-State recovered them. So it, um, you know, it was just, you could hear the locker room, Taylor, the, the post-game press conferences were right next to the locker room. That locker room was insane. The Texas players were going berserk and rightfully so. I mean, it was, it was a huge uh, hurdle for this team to finally win on the road, to not blow another lead and set up this showdown next Saturday against uh, undefeated TCU in Austin uh, next Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, that that's the, I think the the biggest thing that you have to take away is you can look at the issues, you can look at the mistakes, you can look at the missed opportunities that Texas had. At the end of the day, they made the plays when they needed to make them most. I mean, there were a number of times where the ball was on the ground and Texas did not recover the ball. I mean, the one that went out of bounds when Baron Sorrell and I believe it was Tavondre Sweat in the fourth quarter, they, the ball was on the ground. They're both trying to recover the fumble and they knock it out of bounds to have K-State to still be able to have possession of the ball. And then, you know, um, as that quarter wore on, then Texas did make that play. Keandra Coburn made a huge uh, strip, you know, of that ball. And, um, you know, and, and there were uncharacteristic plays, I think, also from the Texas offense, too. I mean, Roshan Johnson has never fumbled a ball in his entire career at Texas in four years. And how many games that that guy has played in? He is him and Bijan Robinson, in court, according to Steve Sarkeesian, are his two most reliable people. When when he when there's a, a situation where the game's on the line or if there's just a, you know, a play where he knows that he needs to get the ball and the people that he's going to trust, he gets the ball in their hands. And Roshan Johnson, you know, was stripped. It was a great play by the Kansas State defense in order to strip that ball. But the fact that these type of things went against Texas on the road against a the number, you know, 13 ranked team in the country, a team that Really, I mean, I, I don't know if Kansas State has been given enough credit, to be honest, for what they've done this season. I mean, everyone saw that loss to Tulane and was like, oh, gosh, Kansas State sucks. And it's like, well, Tulane's in the top 25. So I don't think that, you know, like hindsight's 2020, or I obviously, but like this is a really good K-State team. This is a team, a Kansas State team that does not make penalties, and they were penalized nine times in this game at home. You know, it's one thing if you're on the road and you have the hostile environment working against you. It's another thing when you're at home 
and you get nine penalties, especially for a team that's one of the least penalized teams in the Big 12, one of the least penalized teams in college football. I mean, the, these were things that, you know, Texas really did take advantage of when it mattered most. And I would say that the biggest thing I, I know, you know, people are going to look at the the stat sheet, what Texas gave up 468 yards and 27 points. So if people look at the stat sheet, they're going to be like, oh, the defense didn't come to play. The defense came to play and they came to play when it mattered most. And these whole talks about the Texas defense being in shambles or fire Pete Kwiatkowski or this defensive scheme's not working. It's that's just it's you can't say it at this point. I mean, the defense is not the reason why this team can't score points in the third quarter, you know? And so the fact that Texas did overcome that hurdle did end up leaving Bill Snyder family stadium with a win, especially when every road game in the big 12 that they've had, when they've had those leads, they ended up losing the games. This is a huge hurdle and they needed it the most. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, we've kind of talked about this chip, even prior to the month of November, you know, Mac Brown used to have, this um when he was head coach of texas he used to have this uh banner when you walked out of the tunnel from moncrief onto the football field in november they would hang it every november and it said people remember november and steve sarkeesian has been talking about that that this is the month that really matters the most and he said that he needs the most out of his team the next 30 days in november and i think this is a really good start for um what lies ahead and they're going to need to definitely capitalize on any momentum that they can gain for this when they face undefeated TCU next weekend at home. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was um, some interesting injury situations going into this game, obviously Anthony cook um, who had the, the broken left forearm. He had uh, his arm in a cast with a pad over it. He played in this game Um Adrian Martinez and Will Howard, that was the big debate going into this game. Will Howard red hot in, in uh, you know, against TCU before he got injured in that game uh, and then led Kansas State to the 48-0 victory over Oklahoma State a week ago. Well, it was Adrian Martinez, the better runner, and Texas was able to put the first interception of, of Martinez's season on him in this game, Jalen Ford with a, with a huge interception, like I said, right before the end of the first half led to a touchdown for Texas. Um, Martinez also obviously uh, gave up the, the fumble to end the game. And so K-State fans will have to wonder if Will Howard, um, you know, might have had more success, but Adrian Martinez uh, finishes 24 of 36 passing for 329 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, the one interception. And he ran 14 times for 52 yards and a touchdown as well. So, um, you know, Texas uh, comes through, turns him over when they needed it most. And Quinn Ewers, uh, Taylor, we talked about uh, what a big game this was for him to to a grow up game for him after the, the miserable uh, performance, his worst performance, probably going back to middle school uh, at Oklahoma state, he needed to come and, uh, and settle down and deliver the goods. And he finishes 18 of 31 passing 
for 197 yards. And Xavier Worthy only caught two passes for for 16 yards. And, oh, sorry, no. He ended up with uh, four catches for 42 yards. Um, but for a while, he only had two catches for 16 yards, and they were both touchdowns. And And now Xavier Worthy has... 21 touchdown catches in 21 games played. That is amazing. So uh, Xavier Worthy, you can say all he does is score touchdowns. Um, but Quinn Ewers got off to a nice start, had a really nice third down completion to Jatavian Sanders with good touch. He, he was really good with the wind in the second quarter um, when Texas you know, took control of the game and, and went up. Uh, 31 to 10. So Quinn Ewers getting it done. And uh, Bijan Robinson, as we said, uh, 30 carries, 209 yards. Uh, Bijan Robinson said that the coaches told him early in the week, um, we're going to run the ball. So be ready. And he was. And Roshan Johnson, like you said, Taylor, um, an unbelievable play by Echo Boydo, the K-State DB who runs down Roshan Johnson and timed his punch on the ball perfectly to knock it out of Roshan Johnson's hands, uh, causing a fumble deep in K-State territory that Kansas State recovered. Roshan Johnson was disgusted with himself going off the field after that play, but that was a great play by, by Echo Boydo. And, um, and Texas overcame adversity tonight, and that is the biggest thing. And Quinn Ewers said it. He said, we, we definitely, I guess, overcame a block. And he, he said big credit to the defense and Keandre Coburn for coming up with that fumble uh, at the end of the game. He said it was a huge play, and it was. And the, and the Texas defense was sort of the unsung hero um, throughout this game with the big plays in the red zone to limit K-State um, on those two just enormous drives. K-State had 10 minutes worth of drives into Texas's red zone that resulted in only three points thought that was huge. So the Texas defense just kept answering when when they had to. Yeah, and and also this is a Texas defense that, you know, Anthony Cook did not start the game. He did come in, but he has a broken arm. I mean, say what you will, he's the the secondary has been pretty good, but the depth has been the issue in the secondary. And when your most reliable safety is not starting and is coming off the bench with a broken arm, I mean, you you can say what you want about, you know, wanting to have the next guy ready, all of that. Well, that's not the case for Texas. You know, Michael Taff, a walk-on, was playing a lot of snaps in, in place of um, Anthony Cook. And the fact that they were able to make those plays when it really mattered most just was so huge. And I, and when you talk about Roshan Johnson's fumble, I mean, I, when that happened, I was like, no way, like no way, but it was such a good play by the Kansas state defensive back. Like you cannot blame Roshan on that. I mean, this is a guy that protects the ball at all costs. I mean, it's kind of like Bijan Robinson against Texas tech, you know, like that was a very uncharacteristic fumble that Bijan Robinson had in, you know, overtime against Texas tech and that loss in Lubbock. But it was like, we can blame Bijan Robinson or you can acknowledge that the fact that the defensive player made a huge play. And that's really what it was. Um, Chip, before we continue on here, let's just take a really quick break. Um, but we will 
we have plenty more, obviously, to talk about when Texas uh, picked up their first road win of the season, uh, the second road win under Steve Sarkeesian in the 34-27 win at Kansas State. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Chip, you know, I would say one thing that it's it's a little bit of a head scratcher, I would say, at this point when it comes to how Texas plays. They're the tale of two halves, you know, between the first half and the second half. And I think the one thing that a lot of Texas fans, even after a lot of these wins, you know, if you go back to like Iowa State, this one obviously against Kansas State, there's a number of wins that it's almost like some Texas fans are like, like few, but like kind of like angry after the way that the second half is, has kind of played out. Um, Steve Sarkeesian didn't really acknowledge it much in the, you know, his hat or in his uh, post-game press conference, but I feel like that's something that you can't do if you have this stretch of games ahead of you. When you have TCU coming up at home, I think Texas does have a little bit of an advantage just for the sheer fact that Gary Patterson's on the staff. If anybody knows how to pick apart or dismantle Max Duggan and the TCU offense, it's going to be Gary Patterson because he recruited a lot of those players. He coached, you know, he was the head coach there for however many years, like what, 20 some years, but for every single year that Max Duggan until this year, you know, was a quarterback there. Um, But this is still a really tough stretch. And at some point, the second half woes have to end. I mean, this was a good starting point, but it doesn't make me feel like great moving forward with the the slate ahead. I mean, this is a team that still has to go on the road at Kansas, which just beat Oklahoma State and became bowl eligible for the first time in 2008. I mean, Texas and Kansas became bowl eligible on the same day. We never thought that was going to be the case this season, right? I mean, if anybody told me that before the season started, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. You know, I mean, it's just, but that's, that's, that's actually what is ahead for Texas. And at some point, Steve Sarkeesian's got to make some sort of adjustments to stop this because I feel like it's just putting so much pressure on his defense, so much pressure on his defensive staff. And honestly, when he goes into protection mode, it puts so much pressure on the offense too, because it's like, we have three plays. 
to to make something happen. Otherwise, we're going to be punting the ball. And that's exactly kind of what happens week in and week out, especially on the road, especially, um, you know, having leads against these teams. I mean, what was your what was your take, I would say, about what Steve Sarkeesian said after the game and what he said about the second half? Yeah, I mean, um, you're right. I mean, he he definitely focused on the win in, in, in a tough environment and how the team um, has more to do, was his quote, um, talking about the month of November and what a big month it uh, it's going to be. But there's no doubt that he he got out of rhythm as a play caller, and part of that was the false starts on the first two drives of the second half, putting Texas behind the chains. Um, and it was a, a, an array of different players with the false start. You know, Jaleel Billingsley um, and uh, the linemen. I didn't know what they were doing um, in terms of the running plays late in the game when there was only four minutes left. Where was the power? They did run power. In fact, that was the touchdown run that Bijan Robinson had, the 36-yard touchdown run. And I'm like, okay, cool. New wrinkle last week against Oklahoma State or two weeks ago it was the counter play, which you can run a number of different ways. And B. John Robinson told us on Monday he loves the counter play. So run the counter play out of all the different formations and ways that you can run the counter play. But heck, I'll take the power play. Um, it, it was, you know, Cole Hudson pulls and Shatavian Sanders with the kickout block, and boom, B. John Robinson gone 36 yards for the touchdown. And then in the second half, it was just a lot of outside zone. And then even in that final four minutes, they run a toss sweep, which, you know, K-State's showing blitz, and that probably wasn't the play. Uh, they were showing blitz off the edge, which they ended up doing, and they blew it up for a five-yard loss. And I don't know, Taylor, it's, it, it is a little frustrating because it just seems like the creativity goes out of the offensive playbook in the second half of these games, and they don't try to find different ways to run, you know, the power and the counter that Bijan Robinson loves so much. So, you know, I was wrong. I said uh, that Bijan ran 15 times for 55. He ran 15 times for 48 yards in the second half. I mean, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, after running 15 times for 161 yards in the first half, it, it can't fall off like that. And, and so you're right. I mean, there's more mirror uh, in the mirror conversations that Steve Sarkeesian needs to have to figure out how to unlock this offense and not score three points in the second half. They need to be a team that, you know, puts it all together in the second half. That's what TCU has done all year. TCU has trailed in the second half of games and come back to win them. Texas has led big, uh, early in games or in the third quarter of games. In fact, uh, the fi all five of the losses Texas had in true road games leading up to this one, they'd had double-digit leads in the second half, and most of them leads into the fourth quarter and found ways to lose. And so to hear Quinn Ewers say we we definitely you know got through a block of not giving up a lead and winning on the road, 
let's see if this maybe you know gets these guys to play with a little more confidence in the second half of games instead of looking like they're they're you know just trying to hang on and and put the game in peril because that's what it felt like i mean it felt like texas made this game exciting for all the wrong reasons uh and kudos huge kudos to win it but good gravy uh this you know there was k-state at midfield with a chance to to you know driving for the game tying or game winning touchdown so um there is work to be done. There's definitely work to be done. But you know what? These guys are so excited about going home and playing TCU. DeMarvin Overshone said, anytime you get a chance to put the first L on a team, um, you know, he, he said, it, you're very excited. And he said, the DKR is going to be rocking next Saturday. So um, Texas is going to have a most likely a great week of practice. They're going to be totally focused. I, I bet we see an effort similar to Alabama. The whole country is going to be watching. Um, and here comes TCU undefeated. And so um, it's going to be fascinating, but you're right. Then they got to go to Kansas and I'm sure Jalen Daniels will be healthy and raring to go. And we know all about Jalen Daniels, but first things first, right, Taylor? Yeah. Enjoy enjoy the win for 24 hours and then tomorrow get to work on TCU. Yeah. And the good news is Texas has played far better at home than they have on the road. And looking at the rest of the schedule, they have TCU, then they have at Kansas, then they finish off the regular season against Baylor. The good news, the best news probably for Texas is they are not in contention for a bowl eligibility at this point. And that's something that is a step forward. It's a step in the right direction. It was something that did not happen last season for Texas. So that in itself, as minor as it probably sounds, if you're a Texas fan, just because it seems to be the norm. And if you don't make a bowl game, then you're in trouble type of thing. But it really hasn't come easy over the last decade for Texas to secure bowl eligibility, especially at the start of November and not be fighting for it late in the season. That's that's a plus. And the fact that Texas is still in contention, I still can't believe I'm actually saying this, but in contention for the Big 12 title, that remains there. But as you said, you know, it starts next week against TCU. Um, you know, this TCU team is going to come out, you know, firing on all cylinders. This is a, a program that, I mean, even when Gary Patterson was the head coach, he would kind of, you know, instill in the players like, this is the team that didn't recruit you. You know, there's a lot of players from the state of Texas on TCU's roster and they overlooked you. And so that's why I think TCU always had, you know, came out really firing um, when they do play against Texas. But this is a different TCU team than what you've seen in in recent years. I mean, um, so much credit to Sonny Dykes, honestly. I mean, I, I don't think, I definitely did not think that we would be sitting here thinking like, I wonder who I'm going to pick Texas or TCU, you know, prior to the season under a first year head coach after getting rid of, you know, a legendary head coach that really brought TCU football to prominence. So still a lot of head, but um, you, you've got to take your wins when you can get them. And, and I will say one thing, you know, when, when we're talking about like the players fall off quote unquote in the second half, I really, feel like the blame starts with Steve Sarkeesian. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and blame the players for this. The reality is this is still a pretty young Texas team offensively. I would say, you know, Quinn yours is a redshirt freshman. Um, 
you know, the leading receiver, Xavier Worthy, is still an underclassman. Jatavian Sanders, underclassman, they're both having great years, but still there's a lot of youth. The offensive line, obviously, is a is a lot of youth, too. And he's got to be the one to really look in the mirror, in my opinion, more so than the players, because I feel like if he's not putting the players in position to be successful, at the end of the day, the players can execute all they want, but if they're not in a good position, it's still not going to work. And so Steve Sarkeesian really has to take a hard look at himself, I think, I do think it's a good thing that Texas is playing TCU at home just because how much better it seems that Texas plays with their home field advantage or in a neutral, you know, stadium like how they had against, um, you know, Oklahoma. But when you're facing this TCU team coming out, a TCU team that has trailed in a lot of games in the first half going into the second half and have come back and really just put their foot on the gas to come back and win a lot of these games, Texas is the opposite. I mean, the last two games Texas has played, they've they've scored six points combined in the second half of games, as opposed to being outscored by, uh, so they were outscored 17 to three against Oklahoma State, and then they were outscored tonight, um, what 17, was it? 17 to, three. to three, again, yeah, so 34 to six in the last two games, and then, I mean, in reality, if you take the OU game out of the mix, Texas has scored three touchdowns in the second half against Big 12 teams. The OU game, and, and even with the OU game pitching a 21 nothing shutout in the second half of games, Texas is still being outscored by opponents uh, 57 to 84 in the second half of games against Big 12 teams. You can't do that, especially against this TCU team. Something's got to change. It's got to change, and it's got to start with Steve Sarkeesian because what he does, as we've said, Teams take on the personality of their head coach. Whatever he is doing is going to trickle down, whether it's on offense, defense, special teams, regardless. It starts with him and it ends with him. And you cannot afford to have this type of performance, I would say, especially when facing this TCU team that has been so dominant in second half of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, the good news for Steve Sarkeesian is he got the win. Uh, in in a hostile environment, Taylor, and the wind was blowing. It was it was kind of a carbon copy of Oklahoma State. It was a twenty yeah. mile an hour wind. Um, it was a hostile environment. I mean, I was down on the field during pregame warm up. It was bonkers, and K State fans were sensing something special after that forty eight nothing waxing of Oklahoma State last week, and and so Texas had to you know keep their chin up and stay positive and get it done. And they did. So the good news is Steve Sarkeesian uh, gets to try to figure it out after a win, but you're right. And this is, uh, this is a situation that is, uh, is it's not, Texas is not going to get where they want to go. If that trend continues where they are gangbusters in the first half and limp home in the second half, um, and kudos to Sarkeesian for having his team ready. They were sharp and and dominant when they needed to be in the first half and and then made just enough plays in the second half, including that 55-yard punt by Daniel Trejo uh, to pin K-State back in its own territory and have to drive uh, the length of the field for that, you know, for a chance to uh, tie or go ahead at the end. Um, and, of course, Keandre Coburn uh, with, you know, slapping the ball out of Adrian Martinez's hands, Jalen Ford. What can you say about Jalen Ford? He, he leads Texas with 10 tackles, 
the huge interception that leads to a touchdown. Uh, he forces a fumble that K-State recovers, and then he recovers the fumble caused by Keandre Coburn. That kid is hes a heart and soul guy, and he said he told the, the defense going out onto the field um, as K-State took possession that for that final drive, it's on us. It's on us. Let's go finish this game. And and they did. And that's that step. That's a step. That's progress. It's it wasn't beautiful in any way, shape, or form, um, but it is a win. And uh, for a team that has seemed to perfect uh, coughing up leads in the second half, uh, to avoid that and get out of here uh, with a win is enormous. So let's see what this team can do. Maybe maybe by clearing this mental hurdle, they. They play a little more relaxed in the second half of games. I don't know. I, the, it was crazy. The turnover, the penalties, and dumb penalties. I mean, pre-snap penalties, which our coach, that's on the coach. Uh, and then, you know, Jaron Thompson's personal foul after K-State had first and 35, for crying out loud. You give him a free pass with, a, with an absolutely stupid post-play personal foul that kind of stuff just has to go away so um lots to work on for texas but they get out of here with a win and it was huge it was huge steve sarkeesian uh i wrote in the insider i talked to a coach who knows texas personnel and and the coach said look perception can become reality after a while i mean if you keep losing the same way and no one else in the country is losing that way then it's on you. There's something wrong with you. And, and Steve Sarkeesian was able to, to finally uh, snap that string. But Taylor, this, the Texas defense is still uh, giving up too many, too many pass plays over the middle, um, you know, 10 to 20 yards down the field. So lots to clean up, but uh, Texas gets out of Manhattan with a win and believe it or not, Taylor, for those of us who've been around a long time and remember when Texas couldn't win in Manhattan to save their lives, Texas has now won six straight over the Wildcats and three in a row in Manhattan. Chris Kleiman is 0-4 against Texas. So, And mind what, you, only one of those wins on the road at Manhattan happened prior to Tom Herman, right? Because Tom Herman won both games. He won both games. In on the road. This is number three. So only one road win prior in the, what, 15 years prior to Tom Herman taking over. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. It was 2002. Yeah. So And Texas didn't play at K-State in 2005 or 2009 when they went to play for a national championship either. That was when... You know, there was division, so they switched off who they played in the Big 12 North versus the Big 12 South. Honestly, I always joke that Texas, they kind of got gimmies there because of how poorly they seemed to play in Manhattan. That is like the two times they played for a national championship in that stretch. They actually didn't have to play K-State, so that was a good thing. Well, um, big win, big win here in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to our recap here on the flagship podcast of Texas's um, just enormous win. Um, wasn't pretty, but it was enormous to finally put the, um, you know, the, 
five game losing skid on the road, uh, you know, end that and not blow the lead again. Uh, Texas wins it 34 27 over K State, and now we'll head back to Austin, uh, with a chance to really uh, make it a uh, a signature win for Steve Sarkeesian. This probably uh, is inching closer. I think I said last week, Taylor, that he might need to beat K-State and TCU uh, for Texas fans to feel like it's a signature win because of all the blown leads. But uh, this was certainly a huge one for Steve Sarkeesian in his uh, second season at Texas. And now uh, we'll see what he can do against undefeated TCU next Saturday night. And um, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com, where we have all the scoop for you. So we'll see you over at Horns247. Uh, and until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.